It's now time for the Billy C Show, part of the BillyCBoxing.com network. And we're coming to you live from the Billy C Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Caligiano. It's time for the Billy C Show. Good morning, good day, good evening, whenever you're listening, whenever you're watching. I hope you're doing okay today. Um, today's show is going to focus on the Errol Spence Jr. versus Danny Garcia fight last night. And uh, I just want to uh, kick off the show by telling you, uh, don't forget to get yourself uh, a copy of the Title Bout Championship computer game. Uh, you can click on the banner uh, that's on our website. Just scroll down a little bit from the main page. Uh, it's the same program that Alex uses uh, to uh, do the simulations of the fights, and uh, I highly recommend it. It's not a graphical video game, uh, but it's a simulation game. It's pretty cool. But uh, anyway, um, okay, last night, uh, the fight. Uh, here's my thoughts. Entertaining fight. One-sided, man. Um, I mean, I, I, I honestly don't know where the judges came up with those scores. Two of the judges had it, 116-112. One judge had it, 117-111. My man, uh, uh, Larry Hazard, gave two rounds to Danny Garcia. Listen, there were two close rounds, maybe even three. But at the end of the day, uh, to me, it was a one-sided fight. Errol Spence Jr. won every single round on my scorecard. 120-108 to is the way I scored it. Um, I just felt that Danny Garcia, and I said this last week when we talked uh, briefly about this fight I said last week that Danny Garcia's only shot would be to be aggressive and jump all over uh, Errol Spence Jr. Uh, the, the the fact is is that Danny Garcia has been starting off uh, pretty slow lately yes he's a counter puncher yes he wants to uh, you know read his opponent but when you're fighting a guy like Errol Spence Jr., I don't care that it was his first fight since the accident and uh, there was all these question marks. He wouldn't have gotten in the ring if he didn't feel 100%. Um, I, I, listen, you know, uh, Garcia's pops knew it. Uh, I, I believe my man Larry Hazard was, was – and, and trust me, it's I'm not knocking him for it because obviously the judge did, did it too. When you When you're watching an entertaining fight, and it's close, you, you have a tendency to try and find rounds to give to uh, the, the other guy, the guy that's just coming up short. And I, and I honestly believe if uh, Larry Hazard uh, went back and, and watched the fight again, um, I, I bet you he sees that uh, Errol Spence won every single round. I, I mean, even the close ones, he won every single round. Uh, he did exactly what... Uh, you're supposed to do. Uh, when Danny Garcia landed uh, one or two punches, uh, Errol Spence would come back with three or four. Um, I mean, it, it's just, it's the it, it, it's a basic formula to win fights. Uh, hit your opponent eh, more than he hit you. You know, I mean, uh, come on. Um, Danny Garcia had every chance to win the fight, um, in my opinion, if he was aggressive and got Errol Spence uh, fighting, you know, uh, not comfortable, you know, make him uncomfortable off his back foot, make him move around. But it was Errol Spence that was controlling the action in this fight. He was the aggressor. His jab was was uh, uh, setting him, uh, setting Danny Garcia up. Uh, he was throwing some body shots. Hey, listen, uh, Brian Kenny. Uh, I mean, he's my man. I know Brian, and he actually has a place up up where I live. 
Um, but uh, but the truth of the matter is, I don't, I don't know what he's talking about. He says that uh, Errol Spence is the best uh, body puncher in boxing. I, since when? I mean, yeah, he worked the body. I mean, come on, off the top of my head, uh, Canelo's a better body puncher, Triple G, Sean Porter, uh, even uh, Josito Lopez, uh, who uh, fought and won earlier last night on the same card. Um I, I just, I, listen, I'm not taking anything away from Errol Spence's body attack, uh, but the truth of the matter is, is in my opinion, he's not the best uh, body puncher uh, in boxing. But nonetheless, he won a unanimous decision. He proves to uh, 27-0 uh, with 21 knockouts. Uh, Danny Garcia drops his third fight, 36 wins, three losses. He, too, has 21 knockouts. Uh, like I said, the two judges had it 116-112. The third had it 117-111. Um, as far as the broadcast goes, I think they talked way too much uh, about uh, the punch stats. Uh, Brian Kenny was stuck in a rut, uh, and, uh, uh, you know, his cohorts uh, just weren't biting. They weren't, they weren't going on it. Uh, you know, Lennox Lewis and, uh, and Uncle Joe there, was, uh, they were both saying, listen, you, you can't go by the punch stats. You know, I, the thing that bothers me about the punch stats is the fact that, uh, you know, the, the, the truth of the matter is, is they're not fact. They're, they're subjective. You know, you know why? Because you got two people ringside counting them, and they're counting what they think was a landed shot. You know, I, Brian Kenny was, well, I just couldn't get past the fact that Danny Garcia, according to the guy's tracking the punch dots um was was punching close to if not one or two punches more in a couple of those rounds and and joe goosen and, and lennox lewis were both basically saying what difference does it make man you know that doesn't count for winning a round you know i i mean it's the age old age old adage about uh you know what's worth more five or six pity pat punches or one uh, solid body shot you know i don't know the 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 answer because even that's subjective um you know but i think that when you mix it in with uh aggressiveness accuracy with punches conditioning um not that uh uh danny garcia looked like he was in uh, less shape than errol spence but i didn't see errol spence breathe hard once in this fight I mean, considering all of the other tangibles with COVID, not being able to train normally, not being able to get the sparring that you get, uh, all those things. Now, granted, both fighters had to go through it, but Errol Spence coming off of uh, that long uh, delay, coming out of that uh, serious accident, um, he just, uh, he looked, he was, to me, he looked phenomenal. Uh, is he the best welterweight out there? I, I don't know. I got to see him fight uh, um, uh, my man, uh, uh, Bud, Bud, you know, I can't even, uh, Terrence Crawford, I went blank there for a second. You know what, I was about to say Keith Thurman, but, and, and that's the other thing. They're commenting about Keith Thurman ruling the welterweight, ruling the welterweight division. I, I mean, come on, yeah, you know, I, I don't know about ruling. We, we thought he could. Uh, he never really fought the, the big names, uh, and he came up with all these freak accidents and injuries and, I just don't think Keith Thurman wants to fight anymore. But uh, I think Spence is is a better welterweight uh, than Thurman. Uh, I think Sean Porter uh, got robbed against Thurman, and and I think that I'd like to see uh, him and Spence again. Um, but uh, but in any event, 
Uh, Manny Pacquiao, you'll probably see fight Spence. If not, uh, Conor McGregor they're talking about, you know. But uh, uh, in any event, as far as the undercard goes, well, let me just say this. Errol Spence, uh, after the fight, uh, his comment, the moment is surreal coming back from the accident. I feel uh, like I look pretty good tonight. All training camp, I felt good. I told people I didn't want a tune-up fight. I proved to everyone that I'm the best 147-pounder in the world. Uh, I think he should put an asterisk next to that because, in my opinion, until he beats Terrence Crawford, he can't really say that. But uh, nonetheless, Danny Garcia pushed me to the limit, especially in training camp. I've watched him uh, fight since an amateur, and I knew he was a champion, and I had to be 100% ready. Danny Garcia, (laughs) his comments after the fight uh, were nothing less than what I'd like to see from from all the fighters. Um, You know, I I think that Deontay Wilder should – should replay this statement over and over and over uh, and learn from Danny Garcia uh, how a man, how a real fighter uh, talks in defeat. Danny Garcia said, he was the better man tonight. No excuses. I fought a hard and tough fight. He had a good jab, and that was the key to his fight. He was also a bit busier than me. I just have to rebuild and see what we do next. What else? Don't try to take anything away. Don't make excuses. You know, I thought I won the fight. Uh, You know, I landed the harder shots, blah, blah, blah. I mean, come on. His father knew, and uh, Danny Garcia acted like a man. I appreciate that, and that's what I wish more fighters did uh, in this sport that's ever-changing with uh, no one holding themselves accountable, uh, making excuses, blaming things from your outfit that you choose to come out to that your own team uh, you know, uh, putting something in your water and, and uh, you know, undermining. I mean, this is all from one guy, too. But uh, anyway, uh, some other fights before we get to my man Dax. Um, in a uh, super welterweight, junior middleweight, uh, WBA uh, world title eliminator, the towering inferno, Sebastian Fundora improved to 16 wins, no losses, and one uh, draw with 11 knockouts uh, when he... Uh, uh, stopped um, Habib Ahmed uh, in the second round at one minute and 30 seconds. The referee, Lawrence Cole, one of the worst ever, uh, waved it off. Uh, Ahmed drops to 27 wins, two losses, one draw, 18 wins coming by knockout. You know, everybody talks about this kid, Fandora, uh, and, you know, he, he, he uh, let's just cut to the chase. When he fights a real good fighter, and I'm not talking, I'm not knocking Ahmed, uh, this is only his second loss, and from what I think I heard uh, during the broadcast, he had never been stopped. Uh, but let's make no mistake, um, Fundora. I, I, if I'm Fundora, I, I, I would want to fight. I hate to say it, but a bigger weight class. I, the way he's built, um, uh, those legs uh, so thin, and uh, all somebody's got to do is get inside and land a shot. And this guy's going to tumble like uh, like a burnt-out inferno because he just doesn't he, – he just looks uncoordinated. He, he looks like he's too thin for that body. What is it, 6'6", six, six, something like that? Yeah, it sounds great uh, against uh, people in that weight class. Uh, he's going to, you know, tower over them. Uh, but, uh, but when he tangles with, with a real – I mean, could you imagine – think of – I know he's not fighting at 154 anymore. But think about a guy like uh, uh, Canelo, you know, Canelo, a fighter like Canelo, an aggressive fighter uh, coming after him. Um, right now, the worst thing that Fandora 
is going through is knocking these people out. And, and, you know, when you're matched with not the greatest opposition, again, not knocking uh, uh, Ahmed because he was a decent fighter. Um, you know, when you're not facing uh, top-notch opposition and you're blowing everybody away like uh, Fandora is, um, you start to rely on that and you start to think that you're invincible. And I'm telling you right now, his physical build uh, is not suitable for that weight class as he gets the better and better fighters. It's it's not. You know, how, how about a Jared Hurd? Remember Jared Hurd? Uh, remember him? Yeah, you know, uh, a guy like him. Who, who can mysteriously get down to 154. Could you imagine him uh, fighting Fundora? I don't see Fundora having a shot against a guy like that. Uh, he'll walk him right down. He'll eat his punches and spit him out. And uh, he'll land a few shots and take him out. Fundora, his team has to start thinking about him. Because, you know, without putting some muscle and meat on those legs of his, uh, he's in danger, in my opinion. Uh, but, hey, what do I know? I've only been in this business 35 years. Um, Josito Lopez. Hey, nobody's a bigger fan of Josito Lopez than myself. He improved to 38 wins, 8 losses, with 21 wins coming by knockout when he stopped Francisco Santana, who hadn't been stopped in, in over a dozen years uh, at 1 minute and 22 seconds of the last round. This was a typical Josito Lopez fight. And I know uh, Josito's gaining in, in age. I think, uh, I think I heard them say he was 37 uh, now, uh, which at that weight class is, is uh, pretty rare. Uh, but, uh, uh, but the truth of the matter is, is you know, he's got, a, he's got another big uh, title shot uh, fight in his horizon, uh, on his horizon, I said, uh, should say, or in his future. He's going to get it. How he fares against a world-class uh, fighter, that's another story. Uh, but uh, uh, now fighting at welterweight, Josito Lopez, who has been fighting at welterweight, but I always think of him as a lightweight. Um, you know, hey, we'll see what happens with him. And to kick off the uh, night, Eduardo Ramirez um, take, took care of Miguel Flores uh, to improve to 24 wins, two losses, and three draws with 11 of his Ws coming by knockout. It was a, uh, uh, a shot that uh, knocked him out in the fifth round. Uh, Miguel Flores drops to uh, 24 and 4 with 12 knockouts. Um, so, what do I think of the show altogether? Well, I don't know, man. I, I just remember when pay per views were chock full of uh, fights and quality fights and even matchups. This is a typical PBC card. Um, you know, the only the only you could say 50-50 fight realistically probably not the way people thought but the Josito Lopez Francisco Santana fight was really uh the only 50-50 fight aside from the title fight which I don't even think was 50-50 uh but this is what you get from the PBC you got a uh you get a lot of fluff you know I mean you know for a broadcast that lasted that long uh to have uh, these fights you know, basically, you know, four fights, um, which may sound like a lot, but they weren't that great. And just too much BS in between, too many commentators. I mean, how many people have to talk about the fight? You know, you got three people ringside, you got another two or three people up uh, on the uh, uh, grandstand or wherever they are. You know, of course, the, the, the that girl is gorgeous, and I love looking at her and listening to her, but... Uh, uh, maybe that's what it's about now. I don't know. Uh, but uh, the fight itself, 
uh, Errol Spence and Danny Garcia. Uh, entertaining fight for sure. Uh, no question about that. Um, but I just think that it was an extremely uh, uh, one-sided uh, fight. And I, I, I really don't think that, um, you know, that it was uh, um, that competitive, to be honest with you. Uh, I just didn't, you know. So, uh, in any event. Um, some other stuff I wanted to talk about real quick um, before we uh, try and get uh, uh, some of the other guys on, which may not even uh, realize that, that we're on. But uh, in any event, uh, Mike Tyson, Roy Jones Jr., last week I, I said when I was talking with Alex that I thought for sure that it would do a million buys, something we haven't seen in uh, a, a long time. And uh, as a matter of fact, uh, it's reported that uh, they did between 1.2 and 1.5 million buys. So, uh, uh, hey, listen, you mentioned Mike Tyson and he sells. Uh, one of the other things that came out of this fight, which I think is kind of funny because, um, you know, uh, I, I, I thought it was entertaining and they've tried it many times before. It's never succeeded. But apparently Snoop Dogg uh, and Triller are going to be uh, promoting a series of fights. They're going to be calling it the Fight Club. And guess who's going to be doing the commentating? You guessed it, Snoop Dogg. And it's going to be basically like the fight we saw between Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr., meaning a production uh, like that. So uh, I won't, I'll see how uh, that goes. Um I'm not so sure it's going to go uh, all that great. Uh, another thing I wanted to, uh, long term, I mean, uh, it is they it was un- entertaining for sure uh, last week, but uh, uh, we'll see how uh, see how it can last long term. Uh, but uh, uh, in any event, um, Jarrell Miller. Now, you, you guys, anybody that uh, has uh, uh, known me or listened to this show. Uh, or anything like that, you know that I've always said that uh, uh, Jarrell Miller uh, is nothing nothing but a fraud. Um, I mean, you know, I've said it uh, from day one, he's a fraud. Um, he actually had a shot at uh, uh, fighting uh, for the world title. And, um, you know, he, uh, he, he, he got caught with PEDs and then he got caught again and he just got caught again and he got a uh, two-year suspension and it just it shows you uh, the type of guy uh, personally I hope uh, we never see him again uh, to be honest with you but uh, anyway um, listen uh, my man Dax Khan is coming up and being brought to us by uh, Kenny Bears uh, their barbecue rub and their two new uh Products, I guess, the all-purpose salt, and my new favorite, the Kate, the Black and Cajun Rub. Uh, order yourself a bottle right now. Go to www.southerngourmetspice.com and find out uh, why I love this stuff. Don't forget about the normal uh, Kenny Bears, uh, but the uh, the new product is uh, is great. But uh, anyway, joining us right now to get his thoughts on Arrow Spence Jr. versus Danny Garcia is my main man and the guy responsible for uh, all the content on BillyCBoxing.com, my man, uh, Dax Khan. What's up, Dax? Hey, good morning, Billy C. How you making out, man? 
Yeah, I can't complain. Like we said last week, nobody listens anyway, so right. well, I haven't bothered since then. So. Hey, you know what? If you want, if it makes you feel any better, you could complain a little bit on the show. At least somebody will be forced <laughs> to listen to it unless they fast forward you, you know. But uh, uh, <laughs> anyway, last night, what's your thoughts on the fight? Um, my first thought is I have to say it was great having, I think, about 10,000 fans in attendance live, which means we're making some progress towards um, some normality heading into 2021 for the sport. Um, considering Spence last fought in 2019, that thriller against Sean Porter, and coming in off a layoff and fighting a guy like Danny Garcia, you have to give him credit. He could have taken a lesser opponent. I think Danny Garcia fought a good fight, but he wasn't active enough. It's an issue he's had multiple times throughout his career. But, you know, on the other hand, this was not a total domination by Errol Spence. Fans on social media and the PBC team played it off as. The real story behind this fight is, was, leading into it, how will Errol Spence's face hold up when hit clean? Um, is there damage from that car accident that they didn't lead on that Danny Garcia can expose? We don't know because Danny Garcia really didn't. Again, he wasn't active enough. Um, you know, the odd part is about boxing. Um I seen accounts, you know, you see the same accounts all the time on social media, and there were people that called Errol Spence a fraud for not knocking out Mike Garcia, who is a, um, you know, for all intents and purposes, started as a featherweight last night. His performance was no better than that was against Mikey Garcia than it was against Danny Garcia, and all these tweets are out there saying, oh, what ring rust, what accident, you know, they're acting, um, one person actually said, Errol Spence is a throwback from the 80s, he would have been the fifth king with this performance, you know, um, you know, me, Bill, you know, I was, I'm still an, an Errol Spence fan, you know, um, when about five, six years ago, he was calling out Keith Thurman. Keith Thurman wouldn't fight him, said he had um, had not proved himself yet. A lot of people, including us several times on the show, said that um, Errol Spence could be the guy to take Floyd Mayweather's place as, you know, the money guy, the top guy, the pound-for-pound king of the sport, and we haven't seen that yet from him. Um, as far as this ring rust goes, people act like, you know, Again, take away the accident. Errol Spence was fighting an average of twice a year. And no, every other top name fights about twice a year. Canelo fights twice a year. Mayweather fought twice a year. Um, his corner was telling him at times, this isn't a game. Step it up. You know, um, I really don't know what to make of Errol Spence. It was a good performance. It wasn't a great performance. It was a good opponent. Danny Garcia doesn't get enough credit for the skill level he has. Danny Garcia was a great 140-pounder. He's a very good 147-pounder. But on the other hand, I'm not really sold on Errol Spence's dedication to the sport right now. We have to under... We have to... Um, what bothers me is that if it wasn't for that car accident, the same people who were praising him last night would have been all over him for that performance. Let's put it into perspective. Errol Spence is a grown man. He is a world champion. He was not some teenager. He went out there. He made bad judgment. He drove drunk. He put his own life and other lives in danger. He could have very well been killed. Thank God he wasn't. Thank God he's able to step back into the ring. He very well could have killed somebody else if it was not for that, the time of night and the, uh, the fact that the streets were so um, uh, deserted, more or less. So, you know, regardless of that accident 
And thank God, again, he didn't hurt himself. He's able to continue his career, and he didn't hurt anybody else. Right now, considering his last few performances, when you really break down the uh, the, the the opponent list of Errol Spence, and when you truly break it down, it's not all that impressive. Errol Spence has yet to live up to all the hype and all the expectations. Last night did nothing, in my opinion, that makes me think that anytime soon Errol Spence is going to take over on this sport. Errol Spence has had a career that a prospect so far would have, a top prospect. Errol Spence hasn't really had that signature fight. Outside of the Kell Brook fight, Errol Spence has fought mostly 140-pound fighters, Carlos O'Campbell types that look really good on paper. Uh, um, Terrence Crawford, that fight needs to happen sooner than later or what's going to happen there. Same thing I said with Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua. They're going to postpone that fight for so long. One of those two are going to have a loss and then all of a sudden the fight itself will still want to be seen, but it's not going to have quite the value as it would have right now, just like Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder before they both suffered embarrassing one-sided knockout losses. People still want to see that fight, but that fight's about $100 million less more valuable for everybody than it was when they should have fought at the time everybody wanted that fight. There's no question about that. I mean, I, you know, I think the fight that we got to see for Errol Spence clearly is Terrence Crawford. Um, I know that they're trying to slip in a Manny Pacquiao fight. Uh, if Manny Pacquiao doesn't get swayed with the dollars for the Conor McGregor fight, personally, I don't even know what Manny Pacquiao has to prove. I think he shut everybody up with his win over Keith Thurman. Uh, as far as Errol Spence goes... I thought he put on a good performance last night. I thought it was a shutout. Um, I, I didn't think that. I thought it was an entertaining fight, just like you said. But I, I didn't think that Danny Garcia won any rounds. I, I just, I, you know, he just didn't do enough. Um, I, I think that, that Errol Spence showed that he's smart, that he didn't get sucked in because Danny is such a good counterpuncher and does have some pop. And uh, if he got sucked in and got careless, he, he could have gotten caught. I think he did do enough to win every round, um, but I agree with you. He, he needs uh, he needs to fight Terrence Crawford. On paper, it does look like he's fought some top guys uh, in the last um, you know couple of years. You know, with beginning with Cal Brook, Lamont Peterson. You know, for some reason, everybody always poo poos him, but he's a talented fighter. Uh, Carlos Ocampo was a young fighter uh, that uh, probably. Um, wasn't ready for that kind of fight, but he beat him. Mikey Garcia, we know that fight. Sean Porter, that's the fight I want to see again. I want to see Sean Porter fight him uh, again. I think that Sean Porter uh, gets ripped off, to be honest with you. Um, uh, you know, he's a he's a, a rough-and-tumble type fighter, and a lot of these close split-decision fights that he loses, uh, I always felt that he won, and that was the same case with... Uh, uh, with uh, Errol Spence. I, I could see that fight being made uh, again uh, and have them drag out the Terrence Crawford fight. But whose fault do you think it would be? The Terrence Crawford team of Bob Arum and Top Rank or the PBC team who likes to stay within their own fighters world uh, for that fight not happening? Yeah, that's the other thing last night. Um, 
I was, I don't know what, you know, the PBC, do they have this rule now, kind of like the sanctioning bodies where you can't hold a belt in multiple divisions. I guess all of a sudden um, you can't be the number one fighter pound for pound in the world and be one of the top welterweights in the world, considering how they just totally left uh, Terrence Crawford off that list of uh, top uh, active welterweights in the world today. But again, to go back to Anthony Joshua, and I was critical on this show many times, that if he really wanted the... If, if he really wanted that Deontay Wilder fight, he could have made it happen. He could have told his promoter, do whatever you need to do to make it happen. Um, I think uh, Errol Spence Jr. can do that as well. And um, I think that maybe if Terrence Crawford pushes a little harder, Terrence Crawford can do that as well. So as far, But, you know, boxing politics, as we know, are very hard uh, to deal with. And the PBC, they're just so very happy with the PBC fighting nothing but PBC fighters, um, you know, and, and recycling opponents. With, and at seventy four ninety nine a pop in 2020, you know, uh, after um, all the, all you know, after all the other um, things that are going on and the limited funds that, you know, the average person has, you know, people are just rebuilding from being out of work for so long and the PBC being so greedy, then they deliver events like this. You know, so this, you know, this right here, you know, 10 years ago was an HBO card and not even a great HBO card. But, you know, when um, the, the uh, just a couple stats, you know me, I'm, I'm, um, you know, I'm a stats guy. But, you know, when it comes down to these two guys, Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford, when we want to say who was really the more accomplished one and, you know, should this fight happen now and, you know, break down. Yes, Errol Spence has had some, you know, good opponents, but, you know, um, Chris Algieri, Kel Brook, Lamont Peterson, um, Mikey Garcia, those are champions that he beat belt holders, more or less. Um, you know, uh, Kel Brook had already been damaged from uh, Gennady Golovkin. Mikey Garcia, called, he called out Errol Spence, you know. That was not uh, Errol Spence seeking a smaller opponent, so you can't criticize him there. But Errol Spence did not go out and um, at any point in time, you know, look like the young Errol Spence that had us all excited. The Sean Porter fight, if it wasn't for the Sean Porter glove touching the canvas, I don't know if Spence would have won that fight. You know, I know there were close. He did lose on one card. And, um, you know, the Danny Garcia fight. Again, Danny Garcia is a, a, a he was a great 140-pound fighter. He's a decent, uh, you know, he's world-class, but he's a decent 147-pound fighter. And then when you go Terrence Crawford at 140 pounds, he beat everybody that is, you know, that that what that had a belt. He collected the belts one by one. He's got three divisions now. Um, you know, he's he's uh he's got he's 14-0 and 0 in world title fights. Errol Spence is, I think, um, six and zero. And I and if I'm not mistaken, I think. Um, he might have. He might have. Um, they they started um, the the sport about the same time, if I'm not mistaken. You know, maybe a year apart. So exactly what's going on here? Who is the fighter out there out of the two of them that's really going and seeking greatness? And who's the one that's on cruise control, just happy, doing what? He is doing right now, getting the recognition he's getting right now, and just happy, more or less. The biggest criticism about the PBC is they have a niche niche audience, and that's what Errol Spence is doing. And hopefully, Errol Spence, before he moves up to 154 pounds, he fights Terrence Crawford, and hopefully. Uh, Errol Spence does not revert back to his old ways because before the accident, okay, and 
people can go on Google, people, uh, whether or not it's on media outlets or whether or not it's on social media. You know, people have noticed, they have, uh, I'm not complaining, but, you know, they have pointed out Errol Spence in public uh, being drunk. He's been in interviews where he looked like, you know, he wasn't quite so sober. And if he's going to move up to 154 pounds where Errol Spence is not the guy that is going to be able to bully people. If anything, Errol Spence is going to be the smaller guy at 154 pounds than the rest of the field. Guys that can take his power. Errol Spence isn't going to be able to bully guys and walk guys down like he has a Danny Garcia or a Mikey Garcia. So, and Errol Spence, if he doesn't get it together, Errol Spence, his future may be a lot shorter at the top than Errol Spence or anybody else out there sees, because I don't see him making 147 pounds much longer. Well, you know, the funny thing is, I was watching that fight last night, and I I, I thought Danny Garcia looked like the bigger guy, not height-wise, but build-wise, and I, I don't think he's going to have an advantage at 154 at all. Um, Errol Spence. I, I really don't. And he's not blowing. No, I didn't say an advantage. I'm just saying, um, you know, he's he walks around, you know, as, as a big guy. He's a big welterweight. Not not so much height-wise, but physically, you know, in, in terms of bulk. So at 154 pounds where um, he's comfortable. And he has fought up at, uh, that high before, I believe, you know, early on in his career. Not, not against the name, but just early on in his career. He can make 154 easily. For a couple of years now, they've been talking about him going to 154. The Charlo brothers have spoken about how strong he is when they spar him, and the Charlos we know are both big guys, you know, uh, both Jamel and Jamal, and so Errol Spence would definitely be able to fit in physically at 154 pounds, but he would not be um, the, the, the muscle man at 154 pounds like he is at 147 pounds. Well, make no mistake, the PBC and their fighters are all about the money. They've found an audience that's willing to do whatever they want in terms of forking over coin. And they're, they're, they, they're following the Mayweather blueprint. They're making as much money as they can for taking the least amount of risk. So from a business perspective, you can't knock them for that. But for, you know, showing who's the best. What, there's nothing more that bothers me in the sport of boxing than a guy pounding his chest saying he's the best when he hasn't fought anybody. And you hit a, 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 a tender spot for me. Uh, and tender meaning it hurts every time you, 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 you touch it, is the Charlo brothers. Th those two guys, those twins, are the, uh, in my opinion, uh, the poster child children, if you will, for the PBC. They look like WWE characters, uh, Dick Tracy characters with the funky looks that try, I don't know, they try to come out and look just as funky as ever. And, and they've never proven themselves, in my opinion, in the ring. I'm sorry. I, there's nothing that impresses me about the Charlo brothers. Nothing. Anything they say uh, won't even... Anyway, let's talk about the... Uh, don't get me started with those Charlo brothers, Dax. I mean, geez. Uh, but, uh, I, I mean, you know... The PBC, like again, like you said, they're uh, you know you brought up they're happy in that little circle. Yeah. Uh, now they want to be a league. They want to they want to be a league. That's what it is, Dax. They want to be a league. You know they they they, they you, exactly. You know, right. But 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 look at the universally recognized top ten pound for pound. Tell me which outside of Errol Spence, there's not another single PBC fighter on that list. And there shouldn't be. There shouldn't be, because they're all, even Deontay Wilder, who was a heavyweight champ. I mean, they, these are guys that are all, they, they, they hold the paper, uh, they talk a good game, but their talent level is not there. It's not there. You know, it's, it, it. anyway, on the undercard, um, I, I wanted to get your thoughts on Fundora. 
Uh, yeah, he knocked out Ahmed. I, you know, I couldn't help but watching this kid fight, Dax, and I'm saying to myself, yeah, it's great. Six foot six guy as a junior middleweight. Um, but you know what? I, I think I think this guy should be allowed to gain more weight. He looks uncoordinated there. His legs are like toothpicks. No, no exaggeration at all. I mean, you know, he gets in there with a real uh, top dog uh, junior middleweight. And they're going to eat a couple of punches, and then all they got to do is work that body and, and nail a shot or two, and he's going down. What's your thoughts? Is he in the right weight class? He's only 22 years old. He hasn't reached his man body, you know, so to speak, as the expression goes. Um, yeah, he's, you know, he, he is, um, he's, he's, he's awkward, and he's obviously a little bit better than people give credit for. You know, just the fact that he stopped uh, Nathaniel Gallimore, who is uh, maybe not world class, but you know Nathaniel Gallimore has never been an easy fight for anybody. I believe that uh, Fundor is the only guy that stopped him. And remember, Gallimore has wins over um, some current and former world champions. Uh, you know he has a, a pretty good resume at at that weight class, but I think that the awkwardness is just that he hasn't been taught properly how to utilize that reach and he hasn't you know completely filled out but once he does learn how to utilize that reach i think um if he gets some better um work whether or not it's in camp or if they have some more versatile uh, journeyman that can you know uh, put him into some situations that he's never been in before with, with that height and with that reach um anywhere from the division he's in now up you know to 175 this kid could be a real force assuming he can even take a punch somewhat he doesn't even have a granite chin but you know kind of uh you know um best way to say it would be he could he could kind of be like a tommy hearns 2.0 with the way he is built and uh you know with that reach and that size advantage that he would have over everybody in terms of length and height, but not you know, but not um, bulk wise, and that'd be interesting to see how this kid develops and if they bring him along along properly. I can definitely see him as a future world champion. You know, the funny thing is, is I'm glad you brought up Tommy Hearns because that's obviously the guy that I think of when I see this kid fight because he's got had a similar build leg wise. Tommy Hearns always always you know had the small legs, it was a monster upper body. But there's a big difference between Tommy Hearns and this kid when it comes to uh, the body frame. Tommy Hearns never looked uncoordinated, um, unless he was getting uh, punched by Marvin Hagler. But, I mean, the truth of the matter is, is he, he moved around. He was a good boxer. Uh, you know, he never seemed like he was a, a newborn horse learning how to walk. And that's what Fundora does to me. Uh, he seems like a guy that... Um, it, it, it just, he can't rely on those legs. They're too big. But yes, you're right. He's got uh, some pop. Uh, he's kind of accurate, um, you know, and, and he's looked good so far. Uh, but he goes in for the kill, and if he fights, and he guy, doesn't have an amateur pedigree, you well, know that's the big difference between Tim, him and Tommy Hearns. Tommy Hearns was a pretty sensational amateur. You know, this kid has no amateur pedigree. Right, and it seems like they're rushing him. You know, it's a circus act. It's a typical PBC. You know, we got a six foot six uh, junior middleweight. That's what they're selling. Uh, we got a couple twin brothers that are champions. That's what they're selling. You know, um, and and it's the WWE. And it, it makes me sick. But uh, uh, one thing, next week uh, we'll be back again, three weeks in a row. Uh, but obviously after the new year, uh, things are going to be different. I'll talk about that uh, next week. But uh, Anthony Joshua is finally getting back in the ring against Kubat Pulov. 
Um, you know, I've heard a lot of people say that Pulov's going to knock him out. He's a power punch. He's this, he's that. Um, you know, the truth of the matter is, is uh, I, 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 I don't know uh, how much credit we can give to Pulov. Could he catch Joshua and knock him out? Probably. Uh, is he going to? No. Um, Pulov earned this spot. What's your thoughts on this fight? Again, just like, and just to make it clear, because I know there's people out there now and people who uh, will listen on later who is going to curse me out on saying how I'm just totally, you know, more or less shitting all over Errol Spence as a fighter. And that's not the case. Um, you know, as I stated, he needs to return to the old Errol Spence, not the Errol Spence that we have seen in the last several fights, you know, who's kind of more or less bought into and allowed himself to become content with the spot that he's already earned. Um, uh, he's already in. And same thing with Anthony Joshua. Anthony Joshua, for this fight, he needs to go back to the old Anthony Joshua and maybe incorporate some of the old Anthony Joshua prior to the first Andy Ruiz fight with uh, the Anthony Joshua in the second Andy Ruiz fight. And then, you know, once again, you know, you'll have another sensational heavyweight. And uh, just like Spence, it's not that uh, the, the ability isn't there. It just seems that the um the desire isn't there as much as it used to be and you know if he goes in there more or less with the same type of attitude like he did against Andy Ruiz Jr. in that first fight sure there's a very uh, good chance that Pulev could catch him and knock him out but Pulev is well past his best days um you know Pulev was you know when did he fight Vladimir Klitschko how many years ago was that yeah no uh, hey listen I was ringside uh for his fight uh, against uh, the the kid out of Long Island, Derek Rossi, and um, it, it was on the undercard of uh, well, Chevelle Halbach fought uh, on that card, but Evander Holyfield was the main event, and um, he was he was rocked. He was in serious trouble from Derek, and you know the following round. I mean, it, it, the following round, he 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 connected a solid shot on Derek Rossi, and they immediately waved off the fight. Ever since then. Um, I've always just kind of looked at him as just, you know, a marginal fighter. And no disrespect to Derek Rossi, but I can't see Pulev um, beating Joshua unless exactly what you said. We don't know if Anthony Joshua really wants to keep fighting. Uh, you know, that first fight against Andy Ruiz was, was a wake-up call. Uh, or it was the call that said, let's make as much money as we can with a couple of fights and, and walk away. Um, but uh, it'll be interesting to see because I, I, at the end of the day, Pulov does have pop, and the weakness of AJ is his chin, right? And, and, and you know, kind of like Vladimir Klitschko or kind of like Lennox Lewis where they were giving – you know, a lot of harassment throughout their whole career and even after their career saying, oh, well, their chin is soft because they suffered knockout losses. You know, we always have to remember this is the heavyweight division. It only takes one punch. Uh, you know, skill in this, it's the only division where skill can kind of go out the window um, as long as somebody's able to land cleanly. So, no, his chin isn't that bad. He's been down against, you know, big punchers. But, you know, you go to the money thing, that's something where... I think has become a problem in this sport. Not that fighters should definitely get paid as much as possible. They deserve it. They go out there. They put their life on the line for everyone's entertainment. But money has 
a strange way of changing people and getting too much money too soon, especially when you're young, kind of takes away a lot of that, you know, that, that hunger, that meanness, that desire to go out there and take somebody's head off. And we see that with a lot of these young fighters. And with Anthony Joshua... You know, I think he's got to be worth $50, $60 million at least. You know, we've kind of seen that with him. I think we might see, we might have seen that a little bit with Errol Spence. And there's, you know, there's a few other fighters that we have seen that with. And I think that's a problem, you know. But on, on the other terms, you know, we need to appreciate guys like Canelo who go out there. And Canelo, who is worth more than both of them, all of them put together, goes out there. And he still continues to fight the best. And, and he still continues to improve. And he continues to carve out a legacy of himself so you know it's it's money changes guys it, you know it happens i know if it was me and all of a sudden i had a hundred million dollars i don't think i'd really have the uh, the urgency or the desire to go out there and uh risk getting punched in the face for a living anymore you know i'm rich you know uh, but i'm not in that situation but we have seen it happen and not just this error we had we've seen it happen in plenty of errors um in 2021, you know, Bill, now that not only here in the, in the States we're starting to see live audiences, in other countries we've seen live uh, live crowds, can, um, you know, boxing has taken a big hit financially, and I think that all these major fights, whether or not it's... Um, Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford, whether or not it's Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua, and so on. I think those fights need to happen, not only for the fans, but I believe that those fights need to happen for boxing and to help boxing recover financially, because I know a lot of promoters have taken big hits in uh, 2020, you know, understandably so. What do you think? Well, the big fights, yes, they have to happen, but unfortunately, I personally feel that the mentality of people today is not the way it was uh, as close to 30 years ago and beyond, meaning the, the juice that they used to feel by saying they beat the best was worth more than the paycheck. Today, it's the other way around. And this sport and all sports have changed drastically, specifically over the last year. I've noticed it with the COVID and, and just the way people are. You talk about, yeah, boxing took a big hit. Well, who's going to pay for it? Just like the economy has taken a big hit and will continue to take a big hit now uh, with, with uh, the change of power here in the States. Um, the truth of the matter is, is we do. The fan is paying for it. We paid 75 bucks last night for that fight or whatever the hell we paid. You know, um, I, same thing. All these big fights that aren't going to be the biggest fights, we're going to have to pay for. We're footing the bill, just like we're going to foot the bill for, for the economy. Uh, it, you know, so it's, it, it's, it's the same old story, Dax. You know, but uh, in any event, I hope you're right. I hope that those uh, uh, promoters feel they have to put on those shows. Um, you know, if they're able to gain the revenue streams by not uh, having gates, and let's be real, the reason why there was a live audience is because it was in the state of Texas. And they're, uh, uh, you know. But other restrict... countries have live audiences. Yeah, but they're all, Japan but they're limited. But they're limited. So. They're limited in numbers, which is, hey, listen, it's a safety thing. We have to deal with it. I get it, you know. Um, but, but that takes away from the excitement. You know as well as I do, man. There's nothing like going to a fight with a live audience there. Watching these fights now, you can feel the, the, the lesser amount of energy in all sports. But I hope it all comes back. Oh, oh absolutely. Uh, you know, somebody asked me about that um, who's not involved in the, uh, in the sport, have been around the sport in any way. Um, they, they just said, you know, they were 
curious when they found out what I do. And I said, you know, even when you're not a fighter stepping into the ring, and I would tell them, and I told them, you know, look up Vladimir Klitschko's ring entrances on YouTube, and, you know, look up some of these uh, fights that have taken place in, in um, stadiums like AT&T in New Mexico, um, like when Chavez had fought Haugen, and just kind of grasp and think about if you were the fighter, what that must feel like when you come out and there's 60, 70, 90,000 people screaming your name, you know, it has to ha- give, give this feeling almost, you know, this, this, you know, th- this uh, uh, demigod type feeling and just being there, whether or not you're as a, you're a fan or you're there in a capacity, you know, covering the fight. Yes, that atmosphere makes it 20 times more exciting. So I'll take a somewhat full venue over a totally empty venue at least you know there's some of that environment around because you know the 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 crowd's reaction definitely makes a fight better A, a, a crowd's reaction can make a dull fight more or less an enjoyable fight as long as you know around you the environment you know is kind of you know you know screaming and yelling unless of course you know everybody's just going boo 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 at one time no doubt i agree with you i can't wait till he gets back to full capacity with live audiences but uh dax i appreciate your thoughts and i'll be looking forward to him uh post anthony joshua kubat pulov uh next week all right everybody enjoy your day take care my man that's uh dax Khan. check him out on the website www.billycboxing.com uh he's pretty proficient in uh in getting stuff up there uh in a timely manner of course uh but uh uh in any event um you know, he mentioned some stuff, uh, and the gladiator, um, you know, uh, of boxing, the gladiators of boxing just don't exist anymore. Um, it, it just doesn't happen. The, uh, the way the fighters think uh, are just uh, not the same. They're just not as tough as they used to be, let's be real. Speaking of tough, um, listen, don't forget... Uh, get a copy of my book. Tom Molino was tough. You know, I, I got, I got, I got, I got Alex. Right, I'm looking at him. He's speaking of tough, and he's laughing. Oh, stop, stop! Don't be telling everybody how tough I am. No, I was talking about Tom Molino. Uh, and Tom Molino, uh, I wrote a book about him. If you haven't gotten it, and I just want to say this uh, before we go to my uh, buddy here in a sec. Uh, you know, I've been doing uh, the sales for the book has been doing pretty well over the last couple of months. And I just want to remind everybody, yeah, you can get it on uh, uh, Amazon and uh, what's the other one? Anyway, Kindle, it's it's available, all this stuff. But you got to do what my man Oliver just did the other day. Uh, He sent me an email, and I'll send you a signed copy of the book, shipping and everything to your door for 20 bucks. So uh, if you're interested, just drop me an email, Billy at Talkin' Boxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G. Uh, dot com and uh one of the guys that did the forward here is joining us right now and yeah he's a real tough guy too alex papali what's up man you, you should have seen what you look like on camera it was funny <laughs> good morning <Billy. laughs> well I, I had just referred to myself uh listening to dax there i referred to myself as a uh, demigod in the chat room so i figured <laughs> He must be uh, picking up on that. Uh, <laughs> no, when I saw you, when I saw you, I was like, I knew what you were thinking. But anyway, uh, to the point. Last night, 
uh, Errol Spence Jr., Danny Garcia. I thought it was a one-sided fight. I gave every round uh, to uh, to uh, Errol Spence. Uh, I know that my man Larry Hazard uh, gave a couple of rounds to Danny Garcia. Uh, I think he was just trying to find rounds to give to him. Yes, there were a couple of close ones, but I thought um, I, I thought Errol Spence won them. I was a bit surprised at the scoring. Two judges seen at 116-112. Uh, third having at 117-111. I, I really didn't see Danny do much. He, I, we said last week he had to be aggressive and, and go out after uh, Errol Spence, and he didn't do it. And uh, the end result was Errol Spence was very comfortable all night long, uh, jabbed him when he wanted, punched him when he wanted, uh, went to the body when he wanted. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't that Danny wasn't fighting back. To me, it was a one-sided, entertaining fight. What was your thoughts? Yeah, I agree with that. And I, um, unfortunately, well, um, like Dax was saying, I think most citizens as well have uh, really taken a big, um, big hit financially. Uh, and I just couldn't bring myself to uh, uh, pay for it. So um, I listened to it on the radio, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And, um, and so I missed a couple of rounds. But uh, yeah, what I saw, I saw the last eight rounds and... Um, from what I saw, there was only maybe a couple of rounds where it looked like Garcia, um, and, and I think they were maybe like the ninth and tenth or so, where it seemed that Spence um, eased back a bit. And then there was even a moment where he went back to his corner, and there was some urgency from his trainer. And Spence even said to him, did I lose that round? As if to say, you know, <laughs> why are you so uh, worried? <laughs> uh, I got this fight, you know? I uh, and I think that was the thing that for me was a little disappointing and why I was glad I didn't pay for it was that um, it, it as much as, you know, Bill, on paper, it definitely looked like a really good matchup. But I think we're in a situation right now where Crawford and Spence are uh, significantly better than the other welters. And uh, it, it did not look like a competitive fight. Um it uh, it it kind of, it, it became a little bit dull. It was nice to see a crowd there, but it's not too surprising. I mean, not only is Texas the second most populous state in the nation, its coronavirus uh, rates are soaring, um, and uh, you know their governor uh, refuses to um, you know take necessary precautions. And I do think that, uh, I mean, they even executed somebody in July, put 26 witnesses at re at risk because that is so important to them. So yeah, I, we're in a weird, uh, we, uh, weird time. Uh, it's amazing how many more good fights we're going to have for the rest of the year. Uh, but I, I didn't think that last night was one of them. Uh, I, to me, it seemed kind of like a placeholder, uh, while we're waiting, uh, for Crawford Spence and I think the main thing and I and I was impressed with this was with how good Spence looked considering um, what he has been through because even though he wasn't knocked out in a fight uh, he was certainly knocked out um, you know he was just knocked out by a car and uh, and horrible decision making um, and it does look like he has rebounded from that. Uh, so, um, you know, in that sense, you know, I, I think mission accomplished. You know, one of the things that bothers me the most about the PBC are fights just like fight cards, just like we saw last night. You know, you pay for it, most of us. 
and um, you know uh, you get a, a, a fight that looks good, and you hit it on the head on paper. Uh, Danny Garcia, multi division champion, uh, you know has a great reputation, good counter puncher. But was Errol Spence really ever in danger? Um, no, because Danny Garcia has been fighting um, non-aggressively in his last couple of fights. Um, but this is what you get with the PBC. And their predominant fan base that, that normally follows all their fighters accept it. And as long as they keep shelling out money, that's what you're going to get. Um, in their mind, it's the Floyd Mayweather model. Why take a risk when you get just as much money without the risk? And from a business perspective, you can't, uh, you can't blame it. For me, uh, I can't stand it, and it's pushing me away from the sport. And it's not, it, there's no uh, light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, last night, the fight was Josito Lopez. Uh, you know, his fight, of course, as usually... Uh, the way his fights are, uh, was the uh, most entertaining, in my opinion, uh, with his fight against uh, Francisco Santana. Typical Lopez, um, you know, caution to the wind. Uh, he was in there with another guy. You know, that's the other thing, too, Alex. Here's two guys that both fight, Santana and uh, Josito Lopez. They bring it to fight to each other. They're fighting in the middle of the ring. They're exchanging punches. Yeah, we're seeing guys avoiding punches, getting grazed for moving the head a little bit here and there. Um, but they exchange. They engage. You see these other fighters that fight safety first. They engage for a couple punches. Then they, they're out of harm's way. It makes a boring fight. We saw a little bit of that last night from Spence. But we also saw Spence uh, taking it to Garcia, which was kind of impressive. I, I would have thought Garcia would have been taking a page out of – I I actually thought he was going to take a page out of Tyson Fury's book last night and be the aggressor against uh, uh, Spence the way uh, Fury did in his last – his second win uh, over Deontay Wilder. Uh, but uh, I was a little surprised that he didn't. I, I Yeah, I agree with you. I thought that that would have been a wise move to sort of jump on him early uh, to see, you know, how, how much – how intact he is. Of course, that's a really dangerous thing, uh, you know, with a guy as good as Spence, um, because you could very quickly realize, oh wow, I'm I'm in in water way too deep for me, and I and I and I shifted into a higher gear, not realizing how quickly he's going to be able to meet that gear. Um, so I think that that one of those that's that's perhaps why. We didn't see that from Garcia. Plus, his nature is more of a counterpuncher anyway. He did land some nice combinations at po at points. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it was Spence in control. Spence's jab is beautiful. Um, I, I, I agree with you. And I, and I – it's tough because, uh, you know, I'm not in the ring. So, you know, as an outsider, but I've watched this sport, you know, since I've been, since I was 15 years old. And yeah, I mean, in a way, I was more bothered by what we saw last night than what we saw um, the week ago, because the Tyson Jones, we knew that was a sparring match. Last night, it almost looked as if, okay, well, this is a really expensive sparring match that we all paid for. Um, these guys like each other. They hang out at the Al Heyman barbecues. 
I don't know. We're going to have to see the sort of Hearns-Leonard type of ferocity when, when and if we ever get Crawford Spence. Because you're right. I think, unfortunately, and it's hard to fathom in a sport like this because it's the hurt business and, you know, it's professional prize fighting. Um, but uh, these um, corporate, uh, you know, entanglements – uh, really, I think, are hurting. They're at least really killing the welterweight division. Um, maybe, you know, in other divisions, not the same situation, but this is bad. This is bad. If we don't get Spence Crawford in 2021, I think um, it would be extremely, extremely disappointing. And it's and it's not like the, the writing isn't on the wall for waiting too long. We know what happens when you wait too long. You get a stinker like Mayweather Pacquiao. So why wait anymore for this? Let's see these two guys. I thought it was great that Crawford showed up um, in the crowd. He clubber langed him. That was great. Uh, and, um, and, of course, Spence, in order to fuel the little ng-ng-ng, he didn't even comment on Crawford being there. So, I don't know. In a way, to me, that's not a good sign because it's like you're not even acknowledging your best uh, opponent in the crowd. I, I don't get it. So, you don't want to fight him. I don't get it. Manny, what, what happened to you uh, against Floyd Mayweather? I, I hurt my shoulder. I, I, I hurt my shoulder. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. But uh, but you know the thing is, is that's the sad part of it all. Um, he can't sing. No, the sad, the sad, <laughs> the sad part is that the the PBC fighters, and I keep saying it, and and I don't mean to blame them, but I am. The PBC PBC fighters are content doing what they do. It's not just the welterweight division, heavyweight division. We saw it. Uh, they wouldn't have never taught, fought Tyson Fury, uh, that's Deontay Wilder, if they didn't think Wilder was going to knock him out. I mean, let's face it. He lost the first fight, clearly. He got destroyed in the second fight. And who the hell needs to see a third fight? You know, um, it, it's going to be the same thing. Uh, as Floyd Mayweather did, I, the only thing I can think of with Errol Spence is making uh, Terrence Crawford wait is because TC is older than him. TC is, is I believe, 36 years old. Um, you know, uh, Errol Spence is younger, so he's got a little time, like Canelo. You know, but before you know it, they're the older fighters. You know, but, yeah. And Dax made a comment, Canelo does fight the best. Canelo does ch- test himself. You know, uh, he has gone up in weight and gone back down, going back up, you know. I mean, that's a fighter that's trying to prove himself. Errol Spence, not so much. Speaking right, and of- if you think about it, um, the biggest uh, life is unpredictable. Um, what happened to Errol Spence with that car accident happened within a week or two of the, the celebration period after the Porter win. So right now is the most dangerous uh uh, time for what might jeopardize a Spence Crawford uh, match is, um, you know, if, if he's still using that same stinking thinking uh, and decision making, then right now is the time, uh, you know, w- once all the hard work's over and, you know, it's party time. Um, I, I think we're going to see, I think we're going to see him fight um, Sean Porter before, uh, next. Oh, again? Well, I think Porter won the fight. Yeah, but still, I mean, come on. I, I don't know. 
I, I, I think these guys really risk turning people off. Well, I, I mean, I, I think that's the unfortunate th time today. We're living in a, in, a, in a world where if you just repeat the same little crude simplifications uh, to the right audience, you can keep sustaining, you know, your little business model for as long as you want. And I, and I, cause I think that's the sad thing is people pay for mediocrity. Um, I, I don't know. We've, I, beca um, we've become laboratory mice. Yeah. I, I, I'm really disappointed because, um, I, uh, I don't know between Spence and Crawford. It's really unfortunate because you have what is traditionally like the glamor division of the sport. Uh, outside of the unlimited class, and um, all we're doing is playing a waiting game. I mean, the idea that Ter uh, Terrence Crawford, I mean, even his last fight was like a placeholder. I mean, he broke, he, he knocked out a guy with a twice broken face, and he basically did it with the first hard punch he threw. Well, you need, so, you need, it. the only thing that makes great fighters and errors are the willingness of the fighters to fight each other. Absolutely, and, and and you can go back in any era, any generation, and pick those fights out until you get to the two thousands, and you got to really dig deep because yeah. well, it's it, changed. You know, some yesterday uh, you'll get a kick out of this. You, you know how I have a lot of uh, boxing memorabilia and stuff going up my stairs and stuff, and so these I had these. Uh, yeah, I do, including Mike Tyson being knocked out by Kevin McBride. But go on. <laughs> Um, but, uh, so I had a couple of movers move some furniture from my mom's over to here yesterday. And when they came in, they were two Puerto Rican guys. So they went crazy because I do have a lot of, from the middleweight turn tournament, uh, that me and my brother went to all those fights. So, you know, that they hoped that that was going to crown Tito, except he ran into a guy named Bernard Hopkins. Um, and it was interesting hearing the guy, one of the two guys, reaction he, he was like oh i loved tito you know oh it was just such a shame that hopkins and jones were there but that was the thing that was was really nice in the way he was talking about it was that he knew those fights had to happen because that's the kind of guy felix trinidad was he wasn't going to end his career without fighting the best of the best he wanted to see how he'd do. Yes, they were a little bigger than he ever was, and he was a little out of his league when he finally fought them. Um, way out of his league, you could argue. But um, uh, he still did it, and, and that's the thing. I mean, I guarantee when he goes to his grave, he'll be proud of that. Not that he, uh, uh, you know, that he tried and failed. You're, it's the, it's the, it's the not trying that really eats at a guy. And that's just what seems so sad about this. And it's all business decisions because you know these two guys would love to fight each other. Would they? I think I, so. I don't know. I, so. I don't know anymore. I, I, I don't really see anytime you go to a gym, uh, every guy in that gym knows who they want and who they would like to test themselves against. So at that echelon, I'm sure they want each other. But I think but that what you just said is not happening as much anymore. The wanting to test themselves, challenge themselves, that's not happening. What they want is to position themselves to rake in the do-re-mi and then keep doing that for as long as they can with minimal risk because they don't want 
to jeopardize and take risk uh, for their own health, which you can't knock them for. But it's 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 changing the sport. Uh, it's just not the same. It's not yeah, the same. It, it is sad because I mean, traditionally, the people we love, and even la- look at what look at the way the buys went last week. Doesn't that tell you? Those are two guys who they were two of the biggest marketable stars of uh, the '80s and '90s. Um, but they pretty much, you could, I mean, with a couple exceptions, you could argue they fought everybody, even when they were laid waste. No, nope. and and I was going to ask you about that last week. You asked me how many I thought I said they would do a million buys, and you were kind of surprised I said that. And yeah. I was surprised to see that they turned out with uh, between one point two and one point five million. Uh, yeah. I, I wasn't, I was surprised, but I wasn't surprised. You know, right. Mike Tyson. That's what yeah. he does. You know, if he fights me or you, he's going to get a million buys. You know, how many buys you think last night's fight got? Not not one. Not yeah, one from here. Yeah, at least. But that, so so, um, so they had 200,000 and one. Uh, I mean, 200,000. I, I Cause, wonder. Because that yeah, last one. That, it was just so steep. Why did they make it 75 or was it 75 or 79? I, I mean, to me, if it was 49.99, maybe I would have done it. Uh, because at least then I would have been able to watch the whole because thing. Because they don't care. They're fleecing they the fan. They're they really fleecing don't. the fan. And, and it's really pathetic, especially uh, when you see what's going on this year. Um, the idea that um, they're going to be rapacious uh, about uh, pay-per-views when everyone is suffering. Uh, it's really, it's it's sad. Speak, um, speaking of suffering... <clears throat> Did you see that Snoop Dogg is going to be part of uh, the new promotion uh, company? They're going to have a league called the Fight Club. Um, listen, I, I totally warmed up to Snoop Dogg, and I like him. I like Snoop Dogg. I'm a fan of Snoop. There's no question. And I thought that he was kind of funny uh, doing the commentating after after a while. But to start the league, uh, that's going to basically, we saw the blueprint of it, uh, Tyson and uh, and Roy Jones Jr. last week. Um, with the combination of the music uh, and the fighting presented the way it was presented to us last week. What's your thoughts? Is it going to succeed? Um, you know, I would give it a shot. I'm I'm more of an East Coast rap guy myself, Billy C. Uh, but uh, I don't mind Snoop, not at all. We have some of the same interests, I have noticed. Yeah. Uh, well, he's and, over, uh, <laughs> I think he's over the top. I... I um, I, you know, I enjoyed that night. So um, I would try, I would watch it again. I mean, I really hope that we don't, um, I don't know. It's going to be tough. And again, maybe because this is such a weird year, uh, it worked. Uh, I don't know how long it will work. Um, But uh, how many of these old timers are there out there that would make for something interesting? I mean, if Tyson sparred with James Tony, uh, I would watch that. No, I but, don't know. I don't know if it's going to just be those kinds of fights. Oh, so it would. Yeah. See, that's uh, if it ends up being like Danny Bonaducci versus. No, Scott no, Bayo, no, those no, kind no. Of things, I, yeah, I didn't. I, I, I didn't take it like that. I, I took it like they were going to be doing a boxing league. A fight league and hold big fights in conjunction with with the music. So you know you see a, you see a boxing event, then you see some an act perform, and and you know Snoop's uh, doing the commentating. You know, 
So I think they're trying to get, you know, uh, Snoop was saying that last week that he thought that, uh, you know, it's been a constant, you know, uh, music and boxing just not uh, really thrown out there at you. And that's what they're trying to do. I don't know if it will work long term either, only because I can't see either crowd tuning in to watch one part of it. You know, like like for me, if I'm going to tune in for the boxing the, the music part, maybe I'll listen to some of it, but that'll be an opportunity for me to go make another drink or uh, use the men's room or something like that. You know, well, it and, depends who they got. If they got uh, Megan the Stallion in there, then maybe uh, I'm not going anywhere. No, I know. I know what <laughs> you mean. <laughs> She's No, I know. I know. But, but, but the truth of the matter is, is the other way around. You know, if you're tuning in to watch uh, the, the music part of it, you know... Uh, where does the boxing come in, you know? But yeah, uh, it, it, I, you know, it'll be interesting. I would give it a shot. I mean, I think Well, you're um, not going to have a choice if you want to watch the fight. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I and I think that's the part that it, it feels like everything else in the society, it feels like we're being manipulated. We're taken for granted uh as fans. Uh they know this 50-year-old guy is going to stay up till 1 in the morning and watch whatever it is that they put in front of him. So, uh and I'm gonna um, well, this 59-year-old guy records it and wakes it up and watches it early in the morning. I'm a TiVo guy. Yeah. I can't do that. It uh, won't. Um, why? Why? Because you well, don't, you don't, listen, I, I, it's just as live for me as it is at, at, at one in the morning. Okay. Right. I don't well, know. But, uh, you know. With TiVo, it's not an addressable box, so I can't get pay-per-view on it. Oh, oh. Well, maybe it's time to make some changes there. You know? I, I just got my uh, cable bill down below uh, $200 a month, so well, I don't know. That, that, that was my big change. Listen, listen. Talk <laughs> about a monopoly. About talk it. about a monopoly. They got you. Buddy. Oh, you my know God. What. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Next week, we got a big fight. Anthony Joshua against Kubot Pulov. Um, what's your thoughts, man? I, I'm looking forward to that. I, uh, I really want to see how intact Anthony Joshua is. Um, and I think Kubrat Pulov's the kind of guy who will bring it. Um, so we're going to see, unlike um, uh, Andy Ruiz, his hands are not as quick and he's not as good of an infighter. So I think that uh, Joshua, you know, should be able to keep him outside. You know, one thing I remember the author uh, Springs Toledo said a couple years ago, I, I think it was the year, yeah, it was, I guess it was the last Hall of Fame up there? Uh, I don't know. Um, yeah, it must have been. Um, after uh, Ruiz had beaten Joshua and Toledo said, uh, Joshua doesn't really punch. He pushes timber. And I love that because I think there's a lot of truth to that. Is that, uh, And I think that's been one of the, the sort of downfalls of him is that his punches don't snap out. Part of it's because of his massive size. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing how that is and, and seeing his own progression to see if he fights more like a big man. Um, cause that's one of the things that I think has been a knock on Anthony Joshua is sometimes he's got that gr tremendous body, uh, and power use it. Um, you know, we saw it at times in the Klitschko fight, of course, um, but uh, he's after being stopped. Uh, I think he's a little hesitant. So yeah, um, yeah. I, I, that I, fight, like, the Ruiz fight, changed him. You know, yeah. it, it reminds me 
I know they have a special on him now, but Hector Macho Camacho. I mean, this was a guy that really, if he didn't face Edwin Rosario, would have gone down in history as one of the greatest fighters of all time. He had it all. He had speed. He had power. He had uh, finesse at times. He was a character. He was a showman. Um, the guy was one of the most talented fighters that I ever saw uh, step in the ring, really. But when he fought Edwin Rosario, he took a beating. He took an ass beating, was lucky to get the W, as many people did not think he won. And from that fight on, he never really engaged again. And that very well may have been the slap in the face for Anthony Joshua. Klitschko, same thing. The early Klitschko brothers uh, tried to mix it up until until they got popped a couple of times, and then they said, "Wait a minute, you know, I, I got this six inch reach advantage. You know, I have a jab, I have power. Um, I'm going to be patient and uh, you know, pick these guys apart. I'll win a decision or a knockout. Doesn't matter. A win's a win, and that's what Anthony Joshua is doing. And uh, Pulov, I agree with you. I think Pulov is uh, the perfect opponent for AJ right now." He is kind of slow. He's powerful, but AJ will, will keep him away and protect himself. And, uh, you know, we're going to see another one of these one-sided entertaining fights, you know. I, you know. The only thing we got going for us is we can hope that it's a knockout. And then the cries for Fury and Joshua will start over again. And then uh, Deontay will go, wait a minute, wait a minute. You got to fight me, man. I, you know, I was, I was, yeah, I. My quarter did it. I, my my costume. I I, I I ate a big dinner. I I just didn't feel good. So I, I it was awful. I need another shot. You know, it's like why? Why do you need another shot? You got your ass kicked twice by the guy. I mean, I, we don't need to see it again. You know, but uh, seriously, I tell you, between his excuses and uh, COVID nineteen, my whole life adoring superheroes has changed. Yeah, I bet. Ow. How did Spider-Man breathe? Yeah. <laughs> hey, Spider-Man had something there. He didn't get COVID because of that mask, you know. That's but, right. But listen, one last thing I want to ask you, and really I shouldn't even be giving it the airtime, but Jarrell Miller gets popped again for PEDs. I said what a bum this guy was when he when people actually had him ranked in the top five in the heavyweight division, never fighting anybody. He was issued a two-year suspension. Are we ever gonna have to watch this pig again? I mean, I I, I think he he's a he's a laughing stock of the sport of boxing, and I I think that they even went easy on him with two years. I would have banned him for life. Yeah, I think um, you know uh, denial uh, feels isn't that the like river? Deni yeah, <laughs> just like that river. Uh, uh, denial feels very much like a dream. You don't know you're in it until it's over, and I think. Um, Jarrell Big Baby Miller is in a dream, uh, and hopefully uh, he'll wake up, wake up, wake up from it, and take some actions um, because uh, yeah, he's got an issue, um, he's got a problem, um, and if if this is a sport he wants to compete in, uh, he's got to make some major life changes because um, you know nothing changes if nothing changes, and clearly. Um, we're seeing he's he continues doing something that is um you know totally on it's not unheard of unfortunately but it's it's just not something an, an athlete uh should be doing not um, a, not a professional not any athlete and yeah. uh and then he denies it you know right and i mean that's that's the thing about it it's just like dude we're at some point it, it's like we don't want to 
participate in that anymore. Um, and I and I think um, he certainly burnt through his chances. Um, he it, the the onus is on him to uh, to deserve uh, to to you know to earn another shot um, because this it's outrageous. But I tell you something. Um, I don't know, Billy C. I can't believe. Um, how this year has sort of we've got some good fights coming back uh coming up we're gonna we're gonna see canelo before the end of the year um i think pulev uh joshua could be fun um and we're gonna see the pavetkin dillian white rematch um i don't know this year uh and we might get a vaccine um and, and let me say that Tyson Fury versus Anthony Joshua, I don't want that fight to happen until there's a vaccine because I want that fight in Wembley with people shoulder to shoulder, jowl to jowl, screaming and singing to Neil Diamond because um, that's going to be something else. That's where we all want to see it. The only problem is the money end of it is going to put them in Vegas and uh, it'll be you'll hear some singing because the only people that'll show up live are the Brits because they travel, <laughs> you know, and uh, and we'll stay home because we're we're all scared. We're all scared of the COVID, you know. So anyway, Alex, I appreciate you coming on. Look forward to you next week. We're on a roll here and we'll be back the week after that. And then uh, we'll see about next year. Won't be as often, I don't think. But uh, in any event, thanks for coming on. And uh, uh, give me that radio station when you get a chance. Oh, absolutely. All right. <laughs> All right, Billy C. Have a great, All great right, day. All right, my man. Take it easy. That's uh, my main man, Alex Papali. And, uh, yeah, he's a tough guy. You don't want to mess with him. That's for sure. Uh, but anyway, um, I'm looking forward to the uh, Anthony Joshua Cuba Pula fight uh, only because uh, I'm a big uh, AJ fan, and I'd like to see him back in the ring. And uh, if anything... I'm looking for a big performance. I'm also looking forward to uh, Canelo Alvarez fighting Callum uh, Smith. Uh, another big test uh, for him. Uh, but in closing, I just want to say this. Uh, the fight last night was entertaining, one-sided. I scored the fight uh, every single round for Errol Spence Jr. No disrespect to Danny Garcia, but he didn't fight the right fight. Needed to jump all over. Uh, Errol Spence did not do it. The end result was a one-sided fight, in my opinion. Hey, listen, boys and girls, thanks for joining us. Uh, don't forget uh, to uh, email me your thoughts, comments, concerns, get a book, whatever you want, Billy at Talkin' Boxing. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G dot com. Make sure you tune in next time. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, I'll leave you with this. Ciao, baby.